Mr. PJ. Is this the Colby Hanley? That would be correct. <laughs> cool. How's it going, man? Good. How are you? I am okay. Where are you at down there? Uh, I'm at the shop still. Ah, oh, you're at we're, the shop. We're not fully quarantined to going crazy down here. Are you uh, are you working gotcha. from home? Our sh our shop is closed and our academy's closed. I see. But we're still doing. I was wondering it. how that was work going to work for you guys. Yeah, so we've just been doing the online web sales and stuff. Welcome to the Competition Archery Media Podcast, where we explore all things pertaining to competition archery. I'm your host, PJ Riley, and today we got a special guest with us. We've got Colby Hanley of Ultraview. Colby, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, PJ. I uh, really appreciate it. So listen, so uh, one of the main reasons that I wanted to have you on here to talk to you was to get the full UltraView story. I know bits and pieces of it, but I don't oh. know the whole, the whole story. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, it's a, it's a pretty, I feel like it's a pretty, uh, interesting, unique story, kind of how everything went down. Uh, especially because none of it was really planned. <laughs> that, see, that's what I had heard. So let's start from the beginning. How did this, where did this come Ooh. from and how did it start? <clears throat> well, I mean, I guess the beginning beginning was really kind of when uh, I met George. Uh, I met George in 2014. George Riles, this is. George Riles, yep. yes. Um, the the guy that runs the archery learning center and does all the seminars and the thing a week guy, you know, yes. probably how most of the guy, people out there know him. Um, well, I met him in 2014 at indoor nationals in Louisville, Kentucky. And then ever since I met him, I kind of started coming down for lessons. Um, George, that's around about the time George started his Hornet camps. Gotcha. And so I started coming down, hanging out with some kids, shooting, that was back when uh, Dylan McGeorge, Will Raper, and Roy Green were were shooting shooting with me and Chris. Yes, Chris has always been around. I've known Chris actually before I knew George. Chris and I have known each other forever. Chris B. That is we're talking about yes. here. Be real. Yep. Be real. Be real. Merch. dot com. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I started coming down here, and then when it came around about the time for me to go to college, uh, George. And uh, his wife, Rhonda, were kind of like, hey, you should look into going to Georgia Tech. You know, it's like a real good engineering school. They got what, what you want to do, which is material science engineering. I was like, oh, really? And uh, it's like a 40, 45-minute drive away from the Archery Learning Center. Nice. And so uh, I kind of set my sights on going to Georgia Tech. At the time, I was already enrolled at University of Vermont. Oh, okay. So I'm from I'm from Vermont originally. I shoot at uh, or I shot at Pelkey's Archery in St. Albans, Vermont. Oh. Um, they have a, a great Joe Ed program. They have probably, uh, to the best of my knowledge, one of the best. Uh, is Pennsylvania technically in New England? No, we are not. Oh, so they yeah they probably have definitely one of the best Joe Ed programs in New England. So. If you're ever in the Northeast, try to uh, run by Pelkey's Archery. It's a great nice. little shop. And so uh, I transferred down to Georgia Tech in 2017 into their material science engineering program. Um, 
and then I started shooting at the ALC a lot more. And I actually got into, thank God I had great roommates <laughs> at Georgia Tech. They, uh, one of them was a, uh, they're called prototype instructors uh, in an area on campus called the Invention Studio. Nice. And the Invention Studio on campus is basically a place where anyone that goes to Georgia Tech as a student can just come in and hop on literally any machine, any piece of equipment you could ever dream of. They have, um, they have like electronic stations. They have 3d printers, obviously laser engravers, 3d scanners. They have a whole machine, uh, machine shop. They have, I don't even know what they have anymore, but it's a huge space with everything. And so, uh, I started spending a lot of time (laughs) in the invention studio and, uh, I start the very original thing I decided I wanted to make for like archery. And this wasn't something like I wanted to, I didn't have a business plan on, okay, I'm going to make this and I'm going to start selling it. It was, I just want to make it cause it'll be fun and cool. Yeah. Um, it was actually a little peep. Oh, like okay. A, a peep site because at the time Hamsky just came out with their, uh, their fancy peep site. Yes. With the light baffling stuff and everything. Yep. But I was a broke college student, and I couldn't afford anything at the time. And so I'm like, oh, I'll just 3D print one. But uh, my my knowledge on 3D printing and a whole bunch of other things basically made it so I couldn't, I couldn't make a very good peep site at the time. <laughs> but uh, one thing led to the other, and I just kept making these, like, little trinkets and parts and pieces, and what came next actually was uh you're probably familiar with what we call the funky fingers that yes. we sell yep is i just i made one for for one of the releases i had and uh i shot it for for a while and then the summer of 2017 after being at tech for a semester uh i was getting into 3d archery like asas because they're they're down in the southeast yeah. here and so i was getting into them pretty heavily and I didn't like any of the any of the lighting systems that are out there, and I didn't really find a scope that worked all that best for what I wanted. And essentially what I wanted was just a floating, bright little piece of fiber in the middle of the scope. Right. I, didn't, I don't really like an up pin. And I remember <laughs> I bought, my, I bought a, a light kit and from Lancaster. I came down. And it came with like a huge sheet of instructions and like compatibility charts and like threaded inserts. And and it was like, how do I install this thing? This is so unnecessary. (laughs) And uh, so that kind of sparked the idea of making a, a, a device that would light a center drilled piece of fiber. Yes. And so I worked on building this at the time it was a light kit and uh we we were trying to come up with names for it and i remember george just texted me like one night we were working on names he was like we'll call it the ultra view Uh and uh it was we called it the ultra view because it helped you see because you didn't need an up pin and it used ultraviolet light to to help you do that yes and so we we had this little light kit thingy but we didn't have any idea uh, what we were going to do with it. So we were like, well, let's, uh, let's put it up on a Facebook live and see if we can sell any of them. 
No kidding. Yeah. And so, uh, let's see, we put, we, I finished like design and it, gosh, this was looking back on that whole operation. It's like, I can't even believe it happened that way. But like, I like rigged it all together. Everything was like made by hand and soldered by hand. And I had like one 3d printer. Oh, oh yeah. This is, so I actually, by this time I had my own 3d printers because I was spending so much time in the invention studio. It was like destroying my whole day because I would have to wait. It's so busy. Like sometimes you have to wait a couple hours to get on a machine. Ah, right. But, and I would get on a machine and like the print wouldn't come out well. So then just have to reprint it and then you have to, it's a whole process. So I got my own little machine with the only goal of the money or to, I got the 3d printer with the goal and justification of I'll use the 3d printer to pay off the 3d printer. Right. Cause at the time, like I, I mean, I couldn't even afford a Hamsky peep. I was working, uh, nights downtown in Atlanta, like putting vinyl signs up at convention centers from like 7 PM till midnight, 1 AM. No and then, kidding. yeah. And I would do, uh, undergraduate research in a battery lab at Georgia tech and what other little free time I had. And if you parsed out my, if you uh, amortize my pay hourly <laughs> as to how much time I was actually working in the lab versus how much money I actually got, yeah. it was like four, four bucks an hour. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, but thankfully we, uh, we actually published uh, what we were doing in a, a pretty big, well-renowned science journal. So that was a pretty good thing to get off uh, the bucket list. Yeah. But no, so I was working nights downtown doing undergraduate research and I was super busy. And the only way I could justify getting a 3d printer was using it to pay itself off. Right. So I made all the parts. I'm like, George, how many, how many, how much stuff do you think I should order in to like make these things? Cause I don't know how many we're going to like sell. And George's like, well, just, just get enough for at least 10. And then, <laughs> and so I, I ordered everything in and then George and I like scheduled the Facebook live on his Facebook page. Cause he has quite the following on the page. Yes. We, we went live and I was actually selling through an Etsy store. Are you familiar with Etsy? Yep. Absolutely. It's like a arts and crafts like, yes. selling website mm-hmm. platform area. And so I actually, Etsy's a great platform. I actually recommend it for, like, you know, you know, Stone, the, yes. the stuck up archery pens. I'm like, Stone, just put it on Etsy. Cause the, the back end for order fulfillment is real nice and it's a super good way to do things. Yeah. But I set up an Etsy store <laughs> for the light kit and uh, George and I put it live and we actually got so many people on the Etsy store and we got so many orders that it kind of like crashed the Etsy store a little bit. <laughs> So awesome. that that was good. And uh, literally at, by the time we like turned off the Facebook live, I was like, what the heck am I going to do? <laughs> <laughs> so, cause how I had orders? all these orders. Yeah. How we many got, did you I have? Think, uh, it, I think by the, so we did it on like a Friday afternoon and I think by Monday morning or Sunday evening, we had like 50 or 60 orders for the light kit. Wow. And so, which was like super awesome because for somebody who was doing it for just a little bit of extra cash to get to the next shoot, yeah, 
it, uh, it helped out a lot. But now, you know, I'm, I'm doing, this was in the summer. I was taking a couple summer classes. I was doing undergraduate research all day in the lab from 8 a.m. till 4. And then when I wasn't doing my, like, classes, I was working nights downtown in Atlanta from, like, 7 till whenever the job was done, which was, like, Man. midnight, 1 a.m. But now I had all these like light kits I had to make and sell, and the the worst part is I had the people's money, you know. So like pressure's on now. Oh like, yeah, you got to deliver. It's not like they they pre-ordered and the money came out when it shipped. It's like they paid up front. Yes. So, and, so and what are you actually making for them? So this was the it was the product that we called the UltraView, and it was a light kit. So it's like any other standard light kit on the market that's not the current UltraView scope light kit where it like Velcros to the side of your bow. It's got a wire. And then what it had was a very big, bright ultraviolet light. Oh, okay. See, I don't was, remember that one at all. I'm only uh, familiar with the new one. With the scope. Yeah. 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 So no, it was, uh, it took two, oh, tri- two AAA batteries, I believe. Uh, it had a rheostat for brightness. It had a wire, it looks very similar to like a uh, LP wire. Yeah. And it had a really big, bright, finding a big and bright ultraviolet uh, light was the, the hardest part. But it had a real big, bright ultraviolet light that strapped into a mount that shined onto the middle of a lens. And I think it worked. I made mounts for a lot of scopes. Um, gotcha. I made them for True Ball Shrewd, CBE. And so it just mounted on. And then it just shined into the middle of your lens. Basically what our UltraView scope does now, but yes. it was just a light kit version of it. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. And I think it was like a hundred bucks for the light kit. Nice. And uh, so <laughs> I was making all these. And the, the, the best part of this story, this is everybody's favorite part, is I'm living at this time in the basement of a frat house on campus. Not because... <laughs> I'm affiliated with the frat at all, but rent for the whole summer was 1400 bucks. Nice. <laughs> and, and like, <laughs> it was like, Oh my gosh, this is awesome. This is the cheapest place to live in Atlanta. <laughs> so wasn't exactly the cleanest and most sanitary. But... Uh, yeah. Usually frat basements are not yeah. known for any of that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and so it, uh, it got to the point where I'm doing all this and I'm sleeping like four hours a night if I'm lucky and I'm eating $1 literally George tells the story all the time $1 burritos from Walmart because they have like the highest calorie to dollar ratio and uh <laughs> it's the only thing I could cook at the frat house because like they only had a microwave because they closed the kitchen. It was, like, locked. <laughs> this story and, just keeps getting better and better. Yeah. I had no idea. <laughs> and so I'm, like, working downtown at nights, doing research, taking classes, and, like, building these light kits by hand in the basement of a frat house and eating these $1 burritos. And I finally just started, like, noticing my heart was just, like, freaking out. Like, I would stand up or, like walk to my i would walk to the lab that i worked in on campus yeah and my heart would just go berserk like i could feel it like in my throat like pounding out of my chest it was just freaking out wow and so i'm like george what's going on like i don't like my heart i feel like i'm having a heart attack four times a day (laughs) 
Jeez. And he's like, you need to go to the doctor. And so they, I went to the doctor. They hooked me up to an EKG, and they, like, asked me everything I was doing. And I can remember it vividly. The doctor just, like, looks at me, and she's like, honey, uh, maybe you should, like, slow down. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> and uh, so thankfully, the whole light kit was actually doing pretty well, and I could no longer – I no longer had to work towns at night. Good. So that freed up some time and uh i had to stop eating those one dollar burritos because <laughs> <laughs> apparently there was like a pound of sodium in yeah lot. i was gonna say probably <laughs> so uh yeah that's that's kind of a, that's a key amazing. moment in ultraviews founding that's incredible and now yeah. and then now tell me about the contest the competition that you yeah. entered which you ended up winning so this is so everything I just told you was around, it was the summer of 2017. Right. And then so fall of 2017, I started making some more trinkets and pieces and parts like the funky fingers. And at the time we sold some sunshades because I would be on the 3D course and the guys would be like, yo, what is that? Like, I'll buy that from you. I'm like, really? <laughs> <laughs> and so I started selling some. And then the Hoyt Ultra Grip that we do, we yes. started selling those. And so that brings us to the spring, or let me see. Yeah, the spring of 2018. And uh, so we got a, a little, a cute little business going on, you know, selling some 3D printed parts. And I moved back onto my dorm room. On, it was at a college apartment on campus. Gotcha. And out of the frat basement. Yeah, out of the <laughs> frat basement because the semester, the fall, yeah, the fall semester's going on now. And my roommates are literally watching me, like, pack orders, ship things, make things from my room. I had six or seven 3D printers running 24-7 in my room no at, kidding. like, one point. Yeah, they would – and I don't – you. a lot of people aren't too, too familiar with 3D printers, but, like, stuff can go bad. Actually, most of the time it goes bad. <laughs> and it, like, starts freaking out and making loud noises because it prints failing. And yeah. that would happen at, like – 2, 3 a.m. in the morning, just oh. wake me up. <laughs> and so I had quite the PTSD from being around 3D printers for a while. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> and so I'm running this business out of the, the, my dorm room, and all of my friends from, like, several different unconnected friend groups were like, hey, you should enter into this thing called Adventure Prize on campus. Like, you could definitely win it and just, like, like use the money to, like, help the business. Yeah. And so after like the third or fourth friend group, friend group telling me that, I was like, oh, uh, maybe I should enter into this thing. <laughs> and so I entered in with like two or three days left for registration. And what it is, is it's called Inventure Prize. Yeah. It's actually the, uh, it's the largest undergraduate invention competition in America. How about that? And so I entered in with what, was known at the time as a product that we were making called Starlight. And so it was essentially the first rendition of what we sell now, which everybody probably knows as being the Ultraview 2 scope. Okay, gotcha. And so at the time, uh, we were printing them out of our carbon fiber composite material, the same material that the Jesse Grip is made out of. Yes. 
And then we had the wireless battery pack on top that is magnetically connected to it yeah. with the ultraviolet light. So you could take it on and off as because, I mean, everyone down here shoots a lot of world archery and a lot of 3D. Right. So we wanted a super easy, quick way of getting that light off so mm-hmm. we could just have the light in the release pouch and literally just walk onto an ASA course and slap it on. Awesome. And, uh, so I had this, this scope called starlight and I entered in with that because, uh, it's a first of its kind scope housing. Yes. It's really, it's really a light kit and a scope housing in one product. Right. So part of winning or part of the competition is actually, if you win, you get a free patent. And then you also get, um, so yeah, if you win this competition, you get uh, $20,000 for your business or startup, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. You get a free patent filing with uh, a real nice firm down here in Atlanta and the Georgia Tech Research Institute helps you file it and work on it. And then you also got automatic acceptance into uh, one of the best startup accelerators in the Atlanta area. No kidding. Yeah. And, uh, so I entered in, made it through the semifinal round, or made it through the quarters, having no idea what I was doing. <laughs> like, <laughs> absolutely had zero experience within, like, because uh, startups these days are, like, really big. Like, tech startups, sure. apps, and, you know, everybody's getting into them. Everybody's looking to be, like, go through funding and, and all that. Yeah. And so I'm going against, like, teams of kids that have gone through startup programs and like they know how to pitch they they they've been coached on how to pitch well that's what i was going to say besides your archery knowledge and the knowledge of the products is now you have to have this marketing background i would imagine yeah yeah so that's one thing i like all of ultraviews marketing um obviously i have like great help with george and chris and stuff but i mean most of the like work is is done by like me so all of this marketing i had to like teach myself because i'm a boring engineer you know i don't know how to to do that (laughs) yeah (laughs) and so i'm like this confused child like who apparently appeared to be super passionate about his product and that's probably the only reason why i made it to the finals (laughs) but (laughs) i made it on to the finals which they take six teams in the finals, it's very like Shark Tank, where you oh, give right. a, a three-minute pitch in front of three judges, in front of a huge live audience. They fill a huge theater in Atlanta, and then they also broadcast it live to uh, through Georgia Public Broadcasting. <laughs> and so nice. it's a huge production uh, backstage. You know, they have a huge um, broadcasting trailer, and they had they had a big makeup room. I had to go in and get makeup on. You know. <laughs> And so you give this pitch to these judges and the only thing I think that got me through having a good pitch was a George is like a fantastic, uh, like talker in front of people and he knows how to say things. So people understand it without using too many words. Right. And, um, and I'm a, a lot of people know that I'm a huge fan of like Steve jobs and, the whole story of Apple and how it's gone through its ups and downs since it's been founded. Yeah. And so, uh, I've read a lot of books on like Steve and I watched a lot of YouTube videos on Steve actually pitching Apple products. No kidding. 
And so, like, I kind of took those and I took advice given from George and, like, merged them into a three-minute pitch. And so I walked on stage, gave the three-minute pitch, and then the judges have ten minutes to ask you questions, and then then you're done. (laughs) And so at any point, like, do the the judges have – like, are you picking up that they have any knowledge of archery, or does that do they not even care? Does that not even uh, matter? So, like, they're just – I don't know how they pick the judges. They're normally, like, industry experts in, like, tech or other, like, startup founders that are in the Atlanta area. But none of them really have any experience. I would have, uh, One did a little bit, but it was the typical, like, oh, I shot archery in summer camp. Yeah. You know? And so that was part of the challenge for me is I had to clearly describe exactly what this scope did and why it helps us archers. Exactly. That's what I was thinking. You'd have to, because if they don't understand the problem, Mm -hmm. how can they know that how inventive this is? Yep. I think so. One of the uh, teams, so just to put it like in comparison to a couple other teams I was, one of the teams was, uh, uh, they were called Scalpal. It was a team of biomedical engineering students that made this device that helps arm and disarm scalpels in the operating room oh, in like wow. a super safe, efficient way. And so I was going against like that. And then there was, uh, there was a, what else was there? Gosh, it's hard to remember. Uh, there was like a D S a, uh, coffee filter that made your coffee like no longer acidic. Um, there was a, they were called pedal crater. They made some guitar device that like, apparently it was super novel and cool that helped change like the sound of guitars and it was all interchangeable, but yeah. And so I had to communicate like why this was so nice and good for all of us archers to use. Yeah. And that was part of the, part of the challenge. And, uh, thankfully you know, I had this great pitch, and the only thing that got me through this winning, I think, was A, I was one of the only teams that was, like, actually doing it. And so I was oh, already right. selling. I was, like, already selling other things yes. on our website. We already had revenue uh, at the time of being on stage. <clears throat> um, they asked, like, what's what are your major sales channels? And I talked about, like, being uh, at... I said I was in the last two months I've been to three trade shows across America and that's like ATA Vegas Lancaster and I'm like distributors have been like coming up to my booth like saying that they want to like get this in their in their hands and then we also sell through our website so like I was actually selling things yes and I've been in archery like my entire life so I've been shooting a bow since I was like eight eight, nine, ten years old or something like that. Yeah. And like pretty competitively and at the higher level for a lot of those years. And so, cause I've been going, I was on like the junior USAT team for a while. I've been to some world championships and then <clears throat> I've been in the industry forever at like a high level. So I know everybody, you know, I know I knew Rob, I knew, yeah. I knew Rod Menzer. I knew Bruce Cole, I, like, everybody in the industry and so when they ask questions or when they ask market size or literally any question that they asked me like i knew the answer to whereas when you're a group of 
like biomedical engineering students that have been in biomed school for three years. Right. You don't know every little in and out of the scalpel industry exactly. or the biomedical industry. Yeah. And so it's, I can see how it's super, super hard to like do a startup on an industry that you've never been in and have no experience in doing. Right. And I think one of the reasons why UltraView's grown like so fast is because like I've already, I've kind of been like working on it essentially for 10 years just by making the connections in the, in the industry. Yeah. So. And let's, I mean, you're saying that you were, you said you were competing at a high level. Let's be honest here. You still are. I mean, I know this year's classic. <laughs> yeah. You dropped what six elevens? That was it. Uh, uh three. I think I, you shot two twenty-seven. I, yeah, I, I think... shot. I do. Yeah, I shot two twenty-seven X games. <laughs> That's pretty darn <Yeah>. good. <laughs> but the the disappointing part is like, I mean, I don't care who you are. Like a twenty-seven X game is a pretty dang good game. Heck yeah. And I still qualified like just barely above the halfway on the cut like i was 30 30th or like 29th or something like that <laughs> and it's just insane that the level that everybody's shooting at these days yeah yeah and then in vegas were you at 899 no no vegas wasn't so hot for me vegas not so hot <laughs> i vegas is i'm still trying to figure out how to manage vegas especially with now that we got the big UltraView production going on there. Well, yeah, that I don't want to derail the UltraView story yeah. because I know that uh, I forget which year of Vegas. It wasn't this year. I guess it was last year. We go to Vegas shoot. For me, it's my first time at Vegas, and I go, and there's your booth, and you got uh, music playing, and yeah. you got like there's just you know there's the archery businesses there, and then there was UltraView. Uh -huh. <laughs> it was loud. Yeah. It was in your face. <laughs> yeah, it just yeah. looked like a fun place to be. <laughs> yep. No, Vegas is Vegas is our show, um, and that's partly because ever since day one launching through etsy and having our own website and really our only way of making money was selling directly to our customer um we kind of just grew into a direct consumer brand that like everybody is very directly connected to and so uh the vegas shoot is really the only place that at scale you can have that many direct customers come right. by a booth yep i mean ata for uh, most of the industry is like their big show. So that's when you see like the crazy, huge, fancy booths with like the nice carpet and yeah. lights and TVs and banners. And But ATA for us is really more of a, um, we have, if you look at it, like not too many customers per se at the ATA show. Right. Uh, we do a lot of B2B work there. Um, obviously, we like setting up new vendors, working with you guys. Um, one of our, our main goal for ATA is to do videos and produce content and gotcha. get the word out. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Vegas, there, you, that would be distributors and dealers yeah. and such. And if your main thing is direct customer, that's, yeah. that's not going to be your, your yeah. wheelhouse. Not saying that like we don't do uh, sure. business with distributors, dealers. We do have uh, quite a few dealers and stuff. And obviously we sell through you guys, but, yeah. uh, Vegas is like, our show of the year so all of the money that i guess we could spend at ata in a big fancy booth we kind of just save and do it for vegas right right 
because that's where our final customer is, you know. Well, and so now uh, beyond that, after you win that contest, you get the $20,000 to put in it. Talk about mm -hmm. where it goes from there because this has been growing. Yeah. Um, so that was – so I won Inventor Prize. Um, and how do you – I mean, that's got to be – for you, you know the backstory of Colby Hanley, which you just shared with us. That's mm -hmm. got to feel pretty darn good to go. Oh in my there gosh, <laughs> it was awesome, this. man. Yeah, it was great. It was like because it wasn't really just like like a win for me and Ultraview, you know, but like we were like a little small, tiny archery business at the time that like beat out these huge biomed products that yeah. like had billion dollar market caps and and all this jazz, you know. So it was a pretty cool, pretty cool moment. I got, yeah, I imagine. And then, so actually after you win, um, this was the Georgia tech inventor prize. And then, which I think they have like this year, I think they said they had five, maybe five, I can't remember what number, but it was like 500, a lot of teams enter in. Wow. Or something like that. Yeah. But, um, so you win George tech and then what they've been doing lately is they set up a whole ACC adventure prize. Okay. So you get schools like, uh, Duke, uh, university of Florida, Georgia tech, obviously, um, they all come into this ACC adventure prize and they narrow it down to finalists. So I actually went to that and I actually made it to the finals on that one as well. No kidding. And I got, so they take top five there. Right. So I made it into the top five, and so I got to go on stage and pitch to new judges and stuff. But uh, unfortunately, I wasn't able to pull that one out. <laughs> gotcha. Hey. Yeah. For what you're doing, though, but, that's impressive. And so, no, we won. We won uh, Inventor Prize, and then the summer of 2018 is really when uh, it became very real that this is like obviously no longer just a little business in a dorm room that's going to give me money to no longer eat dollar burritos at Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it became pretty pretty clear that it was going to become, like, my full-time thing. Yeah. Because my plan was to, you know, get a good engineering degree from Georgia Tech and then go work for, you know, Apple, Boeing, GE as a material science engineer. Sure. And then at the time, actually, uh, I had a full summer internship lined up with GE Aviation. No and kidding. I had to uh, call them and be like, hey, guys, uh, like, I'm sorry, like, I can't work for you this summer. I have this, like, little startup thing that's really, like, taking hold, and I have to, I have to do this. Now, th now, stop right there a second. That has to be a pivotal decision for you oh so yeah you've got ge out there which mm -hmm. you know you can go in there and you could be set for life yep and so you're choosing was... this other thing which is new and you know you mm -hmm. you don't know what's going to happen tell me about yeah. making that decision that was that was probably like looking back on my my whole long 22 year old life <laughs> that was probably one of the harder decisions i've ever had to make because I mean, that had been my, my whole goal for the longest time was, you know, get a position and job like that. Yeah. And I had like a, a real good entry point with having the 
full-time summer internship and it wasn't a unpaid internship it was a like paid internship which was like pretty substantial for any kind of money i've ever seen before you know being sure a a 20 year old college student yeah and uh yeah it was a really hard decision i like i said i'm a huge steve jobs fan and really what helped me like make the decision was i watched his uh commencement speech that he gave stanford and like 2007 or something i think i've seen that yes and uh, i watch it every now and again to like you know get some get some motivation when <laughs> things are getting rough but uh I, I remember listening to that and i kid you not pj i was in the car listening to it and it was such a hard decision i just remember i like started crying <laughs> no kidding yeah i just didn't know what to do i had no idea like what was the right decision because yeah. i had like this great position this great offer and I had this like super risky little archery startup business going on over here. That's like got good traction, but like, exactly. you know, there's so many things that are uncertain. Yeah. Is it going to fizzle out? Is it just a yeah. fad? You know, where's it yep. going to go? Yeah, for sure. And, uh, it was, uh, being a 20, well, how 20 year old probably at the time, I think. Yeah. 20. I'm like, well, what do I have to lose? You know? I was going to say, so, you're probably in the perfect position. Yeah. It's the so, worst position, but it's probably also the best. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. There's no better time than to, to do what I was doing when you're in your 20s, you know? Yeah. Because so long as, <laughs> thank God I graduated last December. Cause, but so long as you have that degree, you know, you yes. can, you, you got it. So you could go back to GE if you mm-hmm. wanted to, and probably yeah. they'd probably respect you even more if you went out and mm-hmm. did all this. And but anyway, yep. yeah. So you take the dive. Yeah, I took the dive, and uh, I have learned a lot since then about what we do. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Looking back on what we were doing in 2018, oh, there were so many things we were doing wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Oh gosh, so much extra work we wouldn't have to have done if we had just done things like we uh, we learn every day on no business is the the same, you know. So yeah. what we do is very very unique and uh we have to figure out a lot of stuff uh ourselves and actually most of the stuff we do is using 3D printers and right. A lot of people think of 3D printers as like a little thing that little Johnny can buy and have at the house to make some trinkets, but there's a whole industry of what's called additive manufacturing out there. And so a lot of people in the archery industry are very familiar with machining, you know, yes. yep. every, every release is machined. You got machined murder, the risers machine. Everybody in archery apparently is a self-proclaimed machinist expert. <laughs> <laughs> of course. And, uh, <laughs> right. And uh, there's this whole new form of manufacturing that's coming up, and it's additive manufacturing. And basically what that means is uh, instead of being subtractive, which is what machining is, where you start with a brick yes. of metal and you cut away, yeah, you start with nothing and you build up. Uh, normally, it's layer by layer of the final product that you're going to make, and it has very little waste. Uh, it can be very efficient depending on the parts you're making. And what we really try to utilize is there's no limitations on the part geometry. So a lot of things, you can design anything in CAD, but you may not be able to actually machine it or injection mold it because it's just not possible. But with 3D printing, you can literally, the world's your oyster. You can make anything that you want. 
and you can print it. And so our uh, World Archery cartridge on the UltraView 2, the, the lens cartridge, actually it's the only cartridge we have now, it's the lens cartridge. You know how it has that that spiral to wrap your fiber on the front side there? Yes. And it's got like the baffles on the inside and some holes. Like you can't, to, to get that part exactly what it looks like right now, you would not be able to make that any other way than additive uh-huh. manufacturing. How about that? And so all of the machines, I mean, there's probably 20 different methods of making things with additive manufacturing. And we do uh, all of our funky fingers and Hoyt grips and basically everything that comes in our like 10 vibrant colors Yes, are done out of a uh, FDM process, which is like fused deposition modeling. And, but we have, we do a whole bunch of other stuff that, it's we do for all the tech engineering nerds that are listening probably not too many of them but (laughs) we'll do i mean we do sls sla mjf we do a whole bunch of different kind of additive manufacturing here and uh we've been applying it we have a lot new stuff coming out that we're working on and uh well so this year at vegas of course you came out with a release i mean now we're talking about brass we're talking about Mm -hmm. aluminum something different How, yep. how are you making those? So those are actually, those are machined. Those, okay. Those are, those are cut out of metal, uh, how everybody else cuts their metal. Right. Um, that's not saying we don't add some, some stuff on it that we do kind of proprietary, you know. Yes. We have our whole ecosystem of accessories for it. Right. And uh, I was, we're working on a project right now that's coming out soon for it. And if you may have noticed on the release, that's kind of, new and unique about it that we haven't talked too much about because we haven't worked on it yet but it's got the thumb peg bracket and the funky fingers that can change right well that gives us two areas on the release to where we can strap things onto it for accessories yeah so we can have a whole family of fingers for it as well as a whole bunch of other stuff that straps onto the peg side or maybe it straps into both at the same time so there's a whole bunch of different things you can do and what we plan on doing with it and kind of growing it out here in the future. And now those, we should say, for people who didn't know it, I mean, I don't know how many you brought to Vegas, but they were gone. Yeah. You sold them all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of the one of the problem, not so problems we're having lately is we can't keep things in stock. <laughs> and I know uh, the ultra sense, uh, I can't remember if I talked to you about it, but we had a big black friday sale yes for ultraview my gosh dude yes oh my god and it was wild basically since black friday we've been like i mean i'll get i get here at 6 to 6 30 because i have uh some assemblers come in at 6 30 and then it's not uncommon for me to be here till eight or nine How yeah about that? well yeah and that's... so Let's talk about what your company looks like now. You mm-hmm. I, you have a facility uh, that you rent or own or something? or uh, So we're kind of working on that right now. We're still operating out of the back corner of the Archery Learning Center. Oh, okay. So we kind of built a wall and we quarantined off like a whole section in the back. We I overtook George's office, <laughs> kicked him out. Yeah. And uh, we, I mean, we are crammed in there, let me tell you. <laughs> so Gosh. we have shelves that go to the ceiling and 
it's it's tight quarters, but you know it's good for a growing business because we don't have to spend too much on rent. Right. Um, we are working right now with a broker in the Atlanta area to find a, a big warehouse to move into. Gotcha. And you do your summer. You're doing your printing there. Your 3D printing there. Correct. Yeah. And uh-huh. so all of our printing, all our additive manufacturing is done in house. Um, right. All of our machining, we we shop out to job shops across everywhere. So gotcha. We get them all in, and then we get a local anodizer. And so now here you are. How old are you now, Colby? Uh, I'm 22. 22 now. You've got employees. You've got this yeah. business. I mean, yeah, it's. I'm sure it's I both mean, cool at one side yeah, and scary cool on the other. It's, it's scary. There's a lot. <laughs> I mean, we're. Uh, I learn every day for supply chain. Supply chain is really kind of what we're we're focusing on right now. Yeah, um, how is that in the coronavirus sure. world? <laughs> oh, dude. Actually, we we're lucky. We're we're very fortunate that it hasn't affected us too too much. Gotcha. Um, I sent out the second it became that like things were getting very real with this whole thing. I was on the phone sending out emails to a lot of the big uh, vendors that we work with to get some parts from. Yeah. And uh, to make sure that they're still going to be operating and we're getting our parts in because the, the, the UltraView 2 scope, Yes. the bill of materials on that thing is like over 100 parts. You got, I mean, every different screw, yep. the, the lenses, the everything in it. And if we don't have one of those things, yep. you know, we can't ship those and so i gotta make sure all the what do they say the i's are dotted and the t's are crossed or something like that because if we don't have one thing we can't ship it but i think uh we should be pretty okay for for terms that so long as they don't shut down postal service right yes and uh, that's your lifeline yeah or they do something weird like like close gas stations or or do something like that. Yeah, which would affect yeah the supply. Yeah, and de- mm-hmm. yeah the supply chain. Huh. Yeah, but no, uh, we're supply chain is difficult for us because we have. Well, look at let's look at a funky knob for example. Yeah. We have a round knob, but it comes in ten different colors, right? Yeah. And then you can also buy. Uh, we have a deal for like two for fifteen bucks, and then. Because stand releases are weird. Sometimes if you have a stand, it's got to come with an adapter. Oh, gotcha. And then we got that, and it's it's a huge pain in the butt. And one thing with the uh, hinge is we got a lot of uproar with it not coming with a thumb peg. Uh, I don't know if you, you saw that or heard about it. but I didn't hear really, the uproar, but I saw how. <laughs> that's you... good. That's good. <laughs> I saw how it functions without the peg, Bill. Yeah, so there's a couple things with that, and one of the reasons why it, it doesn't come with a peg is because we sell them a whole bunch of accessories separately for like nine ninety nine, right? right? And so we just allowed you guys to pick whatever color. We sell not just one peg. We sell a couple different pegs. Yeah. And so we allowed you to pick exactly what you wanted and the exact color you want because... We know from the past, the UltraView scope comes with a green color ring, like uh-huh. stock, standard. Every box comes with a green one. Yeah. And people will buy a scope and then add in a green one anyway, probably just because they didn't read the description fully and don't know what comes with it. <laughs> right. Or probably, 
I don't know, 60-70% of the time, people add in the color of their choice anyway. Sure. And so people are people want their color and then we can't offer the scope with all with the choice of picking one of 10 color rings because we can't stock that and we can't yeah. have that many SKUs. Yeah. And so one of the reasons why it didn't have a thumb peg is because of supply chain. But the other reason why is the fulcrum point of the head is not like any other release on right. the market. It's, it's a lot closer to your middle finger. Yeah. And that does a, a couple things for you. One the weight is more evenly distributed across your fingers. Yeah. And so you don't need the extra security of the thumb peg exactly. to ensure that it's not going to go off when you draw it. That's one. Two, what it does is because the weight is more evenly distributed over your fingers, you're not going to develop that irritating callus that probably everyone that shoots a release has on their index finger. Yeah. <laughs> because instead of pulling 60 pounds on your one index finger, that's more evenly distributed across your fingers. Yeah. And then the release is also a little bit thinner and the edges are a little bit more round than some releases. So that also helps with not having that callus on your finger. Right. And so we've had, uh, we sold out in Vegas, like almost instantly yeah. of brass actually. <laughs> yeah. So we, like instantly sold out of brass. And I think we sold out of aluminum on the last day of the show. And then, uh, actually, yes, just yesterday, I sent an email out to our email list saying, uh, if you want one, you better hop on because inventory is running real low again. And I think this morning I looked and we're out of aluminum again. That's amazing. So we just got brass. So I'm, I'm sitting here just listening. And here you are, 22 years old, just graduated from college. Material science engineer degree, which is way more advanced than anything I'd ever know. But I'm hearing you talk about SKUs, supply <laughs> chains. I mean, you've got the whole manufacturing education that you've just been learning on the fly. Oh, yeah. Learned that on the fly. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. So, like, the marketing, it's all, I've read a lot of books on marketing. I'll tell you that. That helped me out a lot in how to, like, effectively clearly communicate to your customers well and um, yeah let's talk about that because that is a unique aspect of UltraView. is you guys are kind of doing some marketing that others aren't doing i mean it's mm -hmm. it's young it's more energetic uh, a lot of the stuff i see with chris b doing some of his video mm -hmm. stuff it's just a it's kind of a different approach than we have yeah. seen so we i mean our goal is like simple like keep it super simple and we have like, I mean, I have it. I don't know. I mean, Chris doesn't really read. He probably doesn't have it. But I have essentially <laughs> our marketing Bible uh, on my desktop of my computer. And what it is is this one sheet of paper with like our mission, our goal, and how we communicate to our customers. So every email, every product description, every post, every everything is catered off of this one document and how we want people to like engage with us and understand why we are here and like how we help them. Yeah. So like our motto is archery easier. And like when you land on our website, the very first thing you read is equipment to help make your archery easier shipped right to your doorstep. Nice. In that, and in that vein, let's backtrack a little bit. Talk about that Jesse Broadwater grip because that's, 
basically how that came about. Mm-hmm. So, well, I mean, I had been in the industry for, for a long time, you know, and Jesse and I were real good friends. And I knew that he kind of was playing around with his grip some, you know. Yeah. And so we kind of collaborated on that. And that's one of the things that thankfully we can do pretty easily is with how we make things is we can do a quick collab, throw a quick signature on something, go through a lot of prototypes very quickly. Right. And that's something unique that we have. And uh, we can do things like uh, signature series grips with like some top end pros. Uh, We did it with Jesse, obviously. Um, We do. uh, I can't say like who, obviously, but we do a lot of background work in the gotcha. in the dark cave with a lot of pros <laughs> yeah. on a lot of different things yeah um doing one-off prototypes helping them get this thing fit just right and then next week actually we have uh a, a chris b signature series coming out for the new matthews bows nice and let me tell you pj it we've done grips are kind of how we started yeah and uh we saw a lot of grips we've made a lot of grips and this is like by far definitely the best one we have. The fit finish is amazing. And uh, it feels great on the new Matthews bow. Nice. Well, hey, people are getting a, a first shout out about it here. Here, it. <laughs> yeah. it's coming out. <laughs> I'm, uh, I was just packing up a box for Chris uh, for him to do some pictures and some video content on it. It's going to be overnighted. So today's what friday yeah so hopefully he gets it tomorrow and then early next week we can launch it nice that's incredible yeah Uh, and so while we're talking about this i don't want to leave out at all that you're still shooting yeah at a high level (laughs) not nearly as much as i as i used to shoot but i i still am shooting i've been trying with as crazy as our schedule has been, we kind of just went through like a little tiny round of hiring. So I got a lot more help now with things. So we yeah. have a, uh, a lady that comes in and packs and ships orders for us. We got um, a couple of assemblers that come in and put things together. So uh, most of my time now is not spent, you know, just making things or putting them in boxes, which is what it used to be majority of the time yeah Uh, so i'm trying to clear up my schedule a little bit more so i can shoot a lot more than what i have been because i have kind of been missing it but i can't just you know yeah leave 250 open orders pending when priorities my bow for a couple hours you know (laughs) what is your i I guess we should wrap up here with what's your vision for ultra view at this point our like i mean my goal for ultra view is to have it be uh obviously a big known brand in the industry that makes like amazing things and our goal is to have the best product in each product category out there for target archery like to start with yeah so we're all like i mean i i don't do like i don't hunt not like that. I don't have anything against that. I just never right. really got into it or anything like yeah. Chris. And so I'm like highly into like target competitive archery. And like, that's what I know. That's what George obviously knows. Uh, Chris knows, like everybody here knows a lot about competitive target archery. Right. And I think 
you see a lot of brands in the industry try to uh, split all their assets on both target and hunting. Yeah. And it's very rare to find a, a brand that's really just directly focused on competition archery. Mm-hmm. And so kind of our goal for the next several years is to develop the best product in each product category. Even if that means we have to make a new product category to get that, like our UltraView two scope where it's a scope and a light kit that's integrated into one. Yeah. Um, but no, our mission is to always surprise, to surprise you guys with brilliantly designed products, providing you with the tools you need to have an optimal archery experience. Well, I have to say the release, I was not expecting that. I know you guys were saying you were having something big at the yeah. at Vegas this year. I was thinking something related to the scope or the light. Yeah. I saw the release, it was like, whoa, hey. Oh, brand new <laughs> brand new product category. <laughs> yeah. 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 I remember we were uh in front of the trailer like Thursday morning or afternoon or something of the show and I had to buy two shop trainers. I think you were there. I bought <laughs> oh, yeah, shop yeah. trainers, and you looked at me like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> wonder what those are for. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he yeah. just wants some extra practice before his Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's yeah. crazy. If anybody, I hope after, not a lot of people, I don't think, know like that full the full story on Ultraview, and a lot of people just come across it as a brand through, I mean, obviously your guys' content or Chris's content, and I think like, it may just be like a well-established brand in archery, which it is, but we're like a small team of people that is grinding every day. So yeah. when, when we're getting real busy, especially this time of year, we just ask for everybody's patience and, and just help us grow. Cause it's, it's super hard to grow the way we've been growing as fast as we've been doing it, which I'm super yeah. thankful for, but it's just, obviously a lot of hard work so i gotta imagine these are the good problems to have as in where am i going to get parts rather than hmm where am i going to get buyers nobody's yeah so (laughs) thankfully whenever i'm stressed out it's because i have an inbox full of customers that are like where's my order yeah you know and i'm like i'm sorry like we have another batch of parts coming in soon like we're shipping them out we're we're working really hard here. Like, please be patient with us. Opposed to, like, not having any emails and being like, "All right, who are we going to sell to?" Sitting on piles of inventory. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so. That's awesome. Yeah. Like I said, I I heard bits and pieces of the story, <laughs> but I can tell yeah. you what you told me was way better than I would have imagined. <laughs> yeah. Mount Ultraview was founded in the basement of a frat house eating one dollar burgers. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> oh, that's incredible. That, that's, yeah. I think that's got to be a T-shirt or something out there. <laughs> we should make one. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Colby, that is an incredible story, more than I ever expected, and I certainly appreciate you taking the time to share it with us. Of course, PJ. If uh, if you want to start your own company, I highly recommend frat houses and uh, one dollar burritos. <laughs> I guess I should mention, so we've been talking all this time, where can people find Ultraview? Where where should they look? Social media, websites? Facebook, Instagram, Ultraview Archery, at Ultraview Archery. Uh, our whole product catalog, everything we do is on our website, ultraviewarchery.com. And uh, you guys at Lancaster stock almost everything that we do. Um, the second we can we can get inventory to ship you guys, we try to get it in your hands. Absolutely. We are proud to have it here at Lancaster Archery. Awesome. 
Folks, that's our podcast for today. We thank Colby for joining us. Uh, This is the Competition Archery Media Podcast. You can find our podcasts wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Thanks for joining us.